beyond infinity. Technology is such a, a all-pervasive thing. We talk about uh, AI. We've almost come full circle in the podcast on our website, beyondinfinity.com.au. You can listen back over artificial intelligence. I think it might even be its own category, but there's certainly you can search and you'll find a heap of stuff we've done on it. But some of it oscillates towards the it's the cyborg it's the terminator it's mm. it's, it's um, judgment day or or um, you know skynet it's that extreme side of things there's, a, there's a, a negative connotation that goes with it and elon musk has warned about uh, the risks of ai and he's got his own open ai project or research establishment and it's it's doing ai but it's doing it in supposedly an, an ethical way uh, he's been critical of some of the uses of AI. And so so there's a full spectrum of opinion and as reflected on our podcast on our website between concern about it, but also some of the really great things that can be done many, with it many, as well. Many benefits, yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, one of the areas that is governments taking advantage of this and it can do things like, so governments can harness AI, artificial intelligence, to work out insurance liability risk. Um, they can model outcomes of things mm-hmm. and 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 calculate spending or mm-hmm. revenue requirements to meet those uh, those things and they can they can make predictions about how things are going to pan out yeah, how forward gov- plan a decade or yeah. a couple of decades away if you know that there's a high influx of young families coming in you're going to need the infrastructure the schools and all the parks and gardens and everything or, or even to be able to use ai to pick up on um you know, traffic hotspots, or, or, or I mean, we already already kind of happens with Google Maps. It allows uh, risks to be calculated. It could be working out calculating, uh, you know, student numbers that can be required at state schools. Yeah. That kind of stuff, where where numbers are needed to be predicted, mm-hmm. and there are benefits in getting that right. And if you have a system that can do it as well or better than humans, mm-hmm. and you don't have to pay it to do that, mm-hmm. then you'd use it. And and the New Zealand government has actually come under some scrutiny or, or um, controversy or, or, or what's the word for it but um, the conversation.com which is a kind of political open you can actually post stuff anyone can post stuff or try to post yeah. stuff to the conversation but they've been talking about how the New Zealand government is harnessing artificial intelligence do those sort of things we're talking about like streamlining government decision making uh, cutting people out of out of processes and the same concerns that apply to AI in other areas apply in this in that the AI needs to be able to explain how it, ga- it came to a conclusion. That's one of the sort of concerns about it, that there's that this thing has, it may have even come up with the right answer, but you need to know why it made that answer. Or it comes out with an answer that you can't make sense of, yes. and you need to understand yes. why that is. Yeah, and if, if this involves the law, which it might, there, there can be ramifications that might involve the law, then you need to have a sort of a clear chain of explainability. You can't, it's not good enough for a government or any or a, or a business or, or an individual to say, oh, AI made the decision. It's like saying, I'm driving the car, you know, hammering down, hammering my Tesla at 200 k's an hour uh, on the Tullamarine freeway and... You know, I'm not responsible because the AI took over, or the, yeah, the self, 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 yeah. self-driving facility took over. But well, but hang on, but that's you're still responsible for the car because it's your car and you're in it. Mm. You're in the driver's seat. Yeah. So, so the same kind of thing that there needs to be. You can't just blame it on the AI. It'd be nice if you could, but you can't. 
The New Zealand government is doing it interesting. They're developing their own systems locally within the country, so they're not importing this technology. Well, there'd be aspects of it that are imported, but the, the system, the AI systems they're using, I believe, were actually developed in New Zealand, and that's, that's considered to give it a bit more safety, mm-hmm. a bit more... Uh, they're looking some to, protection. They're looking for how they can schedule public hospital beds to make that you know, more efficient. Uh, and when an offender should be released from prison and their likelihood of reoffending. And then also, as you mentioned before, about you know, efficient processing of insurance claims. So all of those things can help a society if you don't have a third person sort of having to try to crunch the numbers and make those decisions. And hopefully it's it's coming to the right answer, but it doesn't tell you how it came to that right answer. That's where the grey areas all are. AI works in the grey areas. It's mm. difficult for absolutes because you can follow a clear path with an absolute, but it's all the grey areas multiplied together that AI works out. And New Zealand, um, New Zealand's laws haven't caught up with this this change. It doesn't have laws tailored specifically towards algorithms. Um, some some are relevant, but um, New Zealand's Office Information Act uh, provides a right to reasons for decisions by official agencies. Uh, that, that accountability, that explainability we were talking mm-hmm. about. And, and if it's going to be driven, if it's a decision going to be driven by AI, then the AI has to be explainable because, because then the, the agency that runs it, the government department, can explain, can pass on that information. Well, if they, if they're one of their things they're working on is about when, when an offender should be released from prison. Yeah. If they, if you're going to shorten that person's sentence for a crime that was hmm. terrible, then um, you have to be able to explain to people in the community. Well, this person was released for these reasons. Yes. And if AI can't give you that answer, it can hmm. only say shorten it by this number or release on this date. If you can't get the reasons as to why, hmm. then how can anybody truly and, and, accept that outcome? And that's right. And that, that insistence, that need for the reasons why, I mean, that example you gave has, has really been highlighted. And, and it's, there's been people who've been released, uh, you know, it's turned out to be early, mm. and they've gone and committed a really heinous crime. Yes. And, and it's sort of like, well, hang on, how did the parole system allow this person Who out? made that decision? They were already in jail. We knew that this, this person was a badass. Mm-hmm. So you're right. So there needs to be explainability. So, so in New Zealand, the, the Official Information Act, right, means that people in New Zealand are given a right to uh, reasons for decisions by official agencies, right? Whereas in Australia, there is no general duty imposed on public officials to provide reasons for their decisions. So it's interesting that just the difference, and it's a telling point that between Australia and New Zealand, uh, that that's not the case. I'm not sure what other countries would be worth looking into, what other countries have that that same right to reasons for decisions mm. you know mm. so in other words an agency just just, just says repossesses your house gives you a, a, a figure that it says is compensation you know that the highway's going through or whatever but it doesn't even have to say to you the highway's going but, through uh, we if, just we just don't we, we don't want you to live in that house but if there was a real human person doing that and making those decisions there's going to be reasons behind and if, and if you need to test this in a court scenario mm. that person has to produce the reasons now if it's a uh, superfluous reason for the you know this outcome then yes the court's going to you know say no you're penalized but if you're relying on an ai system and you don't you can't follow that process. So then you, you know, obviously you can't make a clear decision on who's in the wrong, who's in the right. And, and that's really what this uh, act is is looking to sort of include in there, making the, the reasons for the decisions by official agencies that can a- apply as much as human decisions would. There can be issues with dirty data. that, that So computer systems 
may become biased because the data they're looking at is, is so-called dirty data based on previous decisions, um, which may which actually could have turned out to be wrong, right? So the AI part of the the input data is is precedence. Mm-hmm. You could get situations why, where AI actually takes that that tainted data from the past, some of it, and actually bakes in discriminatory uh, assumptions or practices, yeah, for example. Yeah, those, yes, those sort yeah. of things could, could the be... The false positives that, yeah. get, that stay against your record so, so, forever. I mean, I was kind of... I was actually surprised that New Zealand would have gone... would be sort of a leader in, in the world in this I, area. I, but I, I would think the future of this is that if the AI makes a decision and, mm. and provides an outcome and it doesn't provide a clear response or a path on how it got to that, mm. it's up to the humans involved in that agency to also get to that decision to then make their own reasons as to why why they would agree with that number. Mm. So that way, then you have a case to argue and say, well, you know, we thought it might be, we can release this prisoner by this date um, and here are the reasons we have and it actually matches up with the date set by the um, the AI. So there's, there's got to be a human element to it which can al- also explain the outcome. I think I think that these, that those sort of decisions like about parole and stuff, I'd be very surprised if AI uh, had any role in making those nowadays, like for, for especially for really hardened criminals maybe for yeah but it's if there was ever if there was somebody that was available for parole it's mm. a lower level offender that mm. uh, you know might normally serve let's say 10 years yeah yeah that could be on could good be behavior made by on AI. um you know an informant whatever it is then maybe where they would be considered for uh, parole through a, a normal human system uh, then they can go through this process of ai and that might uh, free up some of the, the prison systems I think New Zealand can probably use this sort of thing really well because they've got a sort of a small population, very connected, great fast internet system over there. And it's easier to get a consensus in New Zealand. It's a very stable, peaceful country mm. by and large. Mm. I mean, so I would imagine the government there would have great granular data about its population mm. in, in a good way, mm-hmm. you know, like where, where they, can, they can harness that information to actually deliver services better, cheaper, to make things run really efficiently, have the whole thing a well-oiled machine. And that's what it sounds like they're doing. I think this, the conversation article that we're referring to by John Zarilli was published, whoa, we we'll put a link up to it, but it was published, I think, in um, well, May 27, 2019. Uh, call for the independent watchdog to monitor NZ government use of artificial intelligence. That is the gist of the article. and It's, it's not a bad one that a new independent body will be essential if New Zealand wants to harness the benefits of algorithmic tools while avoiding or minimising their risks to the public. So those bad decisions, those false positives, false negatives, whatever they happen to be. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. Science and Technology Podcasts. You'll find show notes and other resources, plus our complete searchable backlist of over 600 podcasts at our program website beyondinfinity.com.au